Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Um, is there anybody in the meeting who drives a blue Mazda parked in Prospect Road and who might have lost a purse, left it on the roof of the car? Someone has just handed this in. So if you drive a blue Mazda and it's parked in Prospect Road, which is the road just along the side, you might like to just check that you have, and if it is, come and see me afterwards. If not, we'll have to hand it to the police, I suppose. But um, it was very good of, of someone to find it and pass it in. Also want just to uh, remind uh, ladies that on Saturday morning, for the first time, there is this special children's event. Now, it's for children who are from in primary four to pri primary seven. And it's going to be a great morning on Saturday morning of uh, activities uh, and telling, beginning to explain to, to our children just what missionary means and what missionary work is all about. There are still a few places left. Quite a lot of, of children are already registered, but there are still a few places. And if you would like uh, to do that, um, they, I think Marith maybe has some more of these leaflets here, and there's a registration form. So do take advantage of this if you have children in that age bracket. And now I want to um, introduce you, if you haven't already met her, to Helen Clark. Um, we've been greatly blessed through the ministry of her husband already this week, uh, Bishop Ken Clark, but we know behind every great man there's an even greater woman. <laughs> or as somebody else said, a very surprised mother-in-law. <laughs> Helen uh, was born and grew up in Cork. Uh, and through the work of Scripture Union, strangely enough, her husband had the same experience, through the work of Scripture Union, came to know the Lord uh, when she was still, I think, in her teens. And then uh, the Lord brought her to train as a nurse in the Royal Victoria Hospital, and in his providence, that's where she met Ken. <laughs> now, they've been married uh, for 38 years, and they've ministered together for 38 years. And I'm quite sure, as we've, you've listened uh, to the Bible readings, that you've been very aware that it is a partnership. That has certainly come across to me, uh, that uh, Ken and Helen are in the Lord's work together. She's also an extremely busy lady, um, because as well as ministering, both here and previously in Chile, where they, they served for a number of years, She's managed to raise four daughters and to acquire four son-in-laws and now also four grandchildren. So she's obviously not a Presbyterian because we only do things in threes. <laughs> but Helen, we're delighted. Uh, to we know that you've been here all week and we're just delighted that you've come to share with us this afternoon and we're really looking forward to what the Lord's going to say through you. Thank you, Helen. Afternoon, everybody, and I hope you can hear me, and if you can't, uh, just raise your hand and I will try to raise my voice. Uh, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you that you have welcomed us. 
and we are in the presence of the risen Lord Jesus. And we invite you now to come and, by your Holy Spirit, just give us ears tuned in to what you want to say to us at this particular time. And Lord, we dare to ask you to uh, not allow us to go out just the same as we came in today. For your glory's sake, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask you to um, understand me uh, for a little while this afternoon in that when I took on, um, as Valerie said, I, uh, you know I'm married to Ken, and he does get me involved in many a scrape, and uh, he enlists me to do things that I would never dream of doing, and I, afterwards I say to him, why on earth did you ask me to do that? And he believes in me a lot more than I believe in myself. But when he enlisted me to do this this afternoon, and it was so far away, I thought, okay, I'm sure I've managed that. And then as the time comes nearer, you think, why did I ever say yes to that? And um, when I I did agree to this, little did I know uh, at the time that I was going to be in And uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail because it's not about me this afternoon. But just two weeks ago yesterday, my mum died. And uh, I was nursing her, and it was a short illness. We were told on the 27th of July that we would have her for a few months. And I brought her to her home uh, with her delight and relief and was going to look after her there and she lasted five days. It's quite a story. She was just such a beautiful woman of God. But it has been a tough time. But when I was preparing for today, my talk was already prepared for today, I had no idea. And I just wanted to bring to you, you have no idea. And you, every one of you has a story what God is going to bring in on your journey And the title of what uh, I gave to this afternoon was Prompted by Love. And most of you should have a little pink sheet of paper. If you don't, don't despair. It's not a problem. If you have it, keep it loosely uh, available. But when I was thinking about today, and I'm going to come back to what I've just shared, Prompted by Love, uh, I was really wanting us to think today just as we begin, about a woman who has inspired you. So if you could just be thinking about, under God, a woman who has inspired you. We've had amazing inspiration through Kim and through Claire today. Thank you, girls. I'm so excited when girls like Claire and Kim come and share because... I'm the oldie now, and they're the young girls, and it's just great to see them enthusiastic and bold and out there for the Lord, and that excites me so much, and thank you for the inspiration. But also, (coughs) I am going to just share with you about, I I hadn't planned this, but as I say, with my mum's death a couple of weeks ago, it was amazing what has come to light of her life. I would say my mum would have have described herself as a very quiet, unassuming, uh, gentle lady. And yes, she was all of that. But in her time of cancer, which was um, diagnosed two years ago, this month, two years ago, uh, 
she became such a witness to everybody who her life touched. And when she became really ill, just a couple of weeks ago, she was with me in Cavan, and I realized she needed to be in hospital and drove to Dublin, took her to hospital. And we said to her, Mom, you know, it doesn't look too good. The picture's not great. Would you like a private room? She said, absolutely not. She said, just think of all the opportunities I might miss. And she chose to be in a public ward, and she said, I want open doors and an open heart. And in the ward, there were people who were very seriously ill with different situations. And there was one young girl. And my mom was just in the ward for one week. And then she was discharged because there was absolutely nothing they could do for her. And a relative of one of the young girls who was in the ward tried to trace where she'd gone and sent this letter. And this lady had never met my mum, and she just observed her for a few days in the ward. And she says, Dear Jean, pardon the intrusion, but having met you recently in St. Vincent's Ward, I want to wish you well as you journey onwards. My daughter said, What a lovely, gentle soul you were, how you, much you were so obviously loved and cherished by your family. Having seen you together with them, it's obvious you've put a lifetime's loving into cherishing them. I know the road ahead is uncertain, but your story isn't written yet, Jean. Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12 comes to mind. I know the plans I have in place for you. It is Yahweh who speaks, plans, not for, for, plans for peace and not disaster, reserving a future full of hope for you. That thought has sustained me, Jean. I have no doubt you will continue to be a beacon of grace and light to many people in these days to come. I consider it an honor to have met you even so briefly. God's blessing on you and your loved ones. Now, <clears throat> Mom died a week after that, but she couldn't get over that this lady, who was just a visitor of a patient, tried to track her down and visit her. And when I ask you to think about somebody who has inspired you, it's really for us to stop for one reason, uh, if not many others, to thank God for those people who've influenced, to honor them, as Claire said last night, to honor God for those who have influenced your life for God and for good, and to give thanks. We can spend a lot of time grumping, but let's Thank God for those who've inspired us to serve him and helped us along the way. So if you would think about that, and I've just shared briefly with you about my mum, and I'll come back to that later. But there are many times in the Bible when we encounter women whose influence has inspired us, uh, in, impacted us, challenged us, and often it is by their ordinariness. You, I can think of Hannah, for example, Samuel's mother, who endured so much personal heartache, working through infertility, a sense of isolation in her disappointment. And the thing that gets me most about Hannah is she felt misunderstood even in the temple. And you know, ladies, sometimes we can feel misunderstood even in our own church, in our own church fellowship. And sometimes we hurt inside because of misunderstanding. Hannah had to endure that. Yet, she held her dignity. 
She prayed her heart out and she trusted God implicitly in her situation. I find that inspiring. And then I think of Ruth, who demonstrated such loyalty and love in very difficult family circumstances. She was dealing with her own grief, personal loss, and huge change in her personal circumstances. You know her story. But she was selfless and determined in her love and loyalty to Naomi, her mother-in-law. And that was inspiring, too. And then in the New Testament, we think of Mary, Jesus' mother, who pondered many things in her heart. That's one of my favorite verses in Scripture. Because many of us women ponder these things in our hearts. There are things that are just not appropriate to share. There are things that perhaps we just don't feel free to share. But we, like Mary, we ponder them in our hearts. Mary knew the deep pain of releasing her child, the Lord Jesus, relinquishing her son to do the will of God, trusting when she did not understand how things would work out. Perhaps you're needing to relinquish somebody at the moment and entrust them to God as they leave to fly a little higher. Mary was stretched in her limits, and that inspires me. These are just a few glimpses of women in Scripture who uh, I just wanted to mention in terms of being uh, women of inspiration. But I'm going to take you now in a short reading uh, from, amazingly, John 4. And we three did not meet until today, but it's amazing how this is uh, under God has come together. And if you have the Bible nearby and you could have John 4 uh, open, that would be helpful. Thank you. And this is the story in Scripture that's known as the woman at the well. And I'm going to read a few verses to you from John 4. I'm starting at verse 5. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, "'Give me a drink.' for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with. The well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Sorry, turn turn two pages. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. And then Jesus said and spoke right into her life, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five And the one you have now is not your true husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. 
And just because of shortage of time, we're going to move down to verse 28. So the woman left her water jar, went away into the town, and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. And down to verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did, and so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. He stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word, and they said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you have said that we believe. We have heard for ourselves. We know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Now, what I just want to bring to us this, of, of this woman who so inspires me from Scripture is just to picture that scene on a hot, sticky day, noontime heat, Jesus was on a long journey on this walk from Judea to Galilee, and he was taking a break on this route. And probably he, he, on this route, he would not have planned to meet with Samaritans because Jews did not mingle with Samaritans. Not so, Jesus. He needed that break, a cool drink, and he stopped en route at Jacob's well at Sychar. Have you ever tried to take a few minutes break and have a little chill out? and the peace is disturbed. I'm sure you've all had that experience, or that interruption has come. The Samaritan woman had come off-peak to draw water, hoping not to be noticed, and hoping that there wouldn't be so many people around in the noontime heat, because she was probably a social outcast. She noticed this Jewish man, and it would have been taboo, unacceptable for Jews to mix with Samaritans, much less for a Jewish man to associate with a woman like this. What did Jesus do? Well, this is the first challenge, ladies. He actually just simply asked her for a drink. I came up today and I was just so glad to have a drink. But can you imagine how that lady felt when Jesus said to her, would you give me a drink? She must have been stunned and embarrassed. She was certainly uh, leaving, Jesus was certainly leaving himself open to criticism and misunderstanding, not the norm. She said, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman, how can you ask me for a drink? What strikes you about this encounter? We're thinking this week of loving God and loving others. And one of the first things I notice is how natural Jesus was. I think we get scared about this word evangelism. We get scared about the thought of sharing the love of Jesus with another person or the life of Jesus in us. But can we be heartened and reminded, as Claire and as Kim have reminded us today, it's about being natural. It's about just being ourselves. It's about sharing what difference Jesus has made in our lives. Jesus also, in this um, story, reaches across boundaries of prejudice, even cultural norms. You know, sometimes I think, ladies, we're just too comfy we want to stay within our comfort zones, not be pushed, not be stretched, not be where we're not comfortable. And I wonder, is God calling somebody today to move outside that comfort zone? He called me to move outside my comfort zone. We were 15 years in Coleraine in a church that we absolutely loved being part of. And Ken was speaking to the church about the need for some in the church to respond and uh, hear 
and go and hear the call of God upon their lives. And what happens? The minister gets called. And God called us eight years ago to live and work and be in the Midlands of Ireland, where indeed we feel often is a forgotten part of Ireland. So what is God speaking into your life today? Is he calling you to be challenged about prejudices, to be challenged to move outside your comfort zone, to think about what it is, how he wants you to be natural in your faith and natural in your response of sharing your faith. You see, Jesus could actually have gone and got a drink for himself, but he didn't. He knew that actually the point of contact, the most comfortable point of contact with this woman was to ask her for a drink because he never missed an opportunity to reach across boundaries and most of all to build relationships. That was Claire and Kim are doing, building relationships where they are, just being themselves and sharing the love of Christ. Jesus did not exclude. He always sought to relate. I wanted to tell you another story just linked to my mum, which is just amazing. And that was that my brother, youngest brother, he's a pilot in America, and he'd been at home for a week when we got this very bad news about my mum's health a few weeks ago. And he'd come home from America with his lovely wife and three children. And he had to go back to work. And on the Sunday before she died, they as a family said goodbye. And they left, flew back to the States, knew they wouldn't see her on this side of glory. And it was a very, very painful day. But he was only home two days when he had to fly back again because she had died. And on the plane, on the way from Chicago, he was sitting opposite this lady and she was having difficulty opening a jar or something. And he said, can I help you? And she said, that would be nice. And they got talking. And Nigel, my brother, said to this lady, are you traveling to see family or what? And she said, yes, I'm traveling to Dublin to go and visit my mum." And uh, she said, what about you? And he said, well, actually, sadly, I'm going to be at my mum's funeral. And they got talking, as you do. And uh, she said, oh, my mum is living in Shank Hill outside Dublin. And it's because my dad died a few years ago and she moved there to live. And he said, well, now, I'm going to my mum's funeral in Shank Hill outside Dublin. And they got talking and she looked at him and she said, you couldn't possibly be going to the funeral of Jean Good. He said, that's my mum. This lady said, I cannot believe that I have met Jean's son because when my mum moved to live in Shank Hill a few years ago, your mother reached out to her with the love of God. And she was a lonely widow, and your mum reached out to my mum and helped her to make friends in the community. My mum would have probably thought that was nothing. But imagine meeting on a plane from Chicago on the way to her funeral. And it just reminded us as a family, it's about the little actions. It's not about the big preach. It's about the little things that make a huge difference that God may be calling us to do. And also what I notice in this story is how Jesus treated this woman with such dignity and with a, such a sense of her personal worth 
and value. He could have shunned her. He could have challenged her straight away. He could have said to her, you're an absolute disgrace. I'll have nothing to do with you. He didn't. He didn't rush in with any of that. He admitted his need, a drink, and then he began to speak into her life about the important things that matter. You know, ladies, around us everywhere, all of us, there are people who are lonely, feeling isolated, feeling that they don't belong, that they're marginalized. Everybody longs to belong. We have been created to be in relationship. All of us will have opportunities every day to reach across to somebody, just responding to opportunities that God gives, sometimes being vulnerable, sometimes just taking courage and praying for wisdom in that. And another little story, and I hope you don't mind me indulging in this family story, but I was given this, we were given this book yesterday by a couple who we've known for a long time who know the author of this book. And he uh, is a man from Coleraine, and he took on uh, doing a word, pressing, word processing course when he was 69, and he's now written six books. And he was a lollipop man in Coleraine. And to, just for time's sake, I'm going to read you just a little excerpt from his book, which just blows me away. For a number of years, as a lollipop man in, high school, in uh, Coleraine, <coughs> a couple of Coleraine high school girls used my services to help cross the road safely. It was such a busy road. There was one little girl who was outstanding. Sometimes when passing, she would advise me to wrap myself up against the cold and not get cold. Then one day she came along and she flipped open the lid of a cake box saying, I was baking at school today. Would you like to have a bun? Of course, I took a bun and ate it on the spot. This little girl, so young, so attractive, she was not a snob. Every day she would give me a smile and a word of encouragement. One special day she crossed in the morning. One special day she crossed in the morning, and because she wasn't going to cross in the afternoon, she asked her daddy, who was the rector of St. Patrick's Church of Ireland Coleraine, to stop and tell me she wouldn't be crossing in the afternoon. That wonderful little girl went away to train for some profession. I have never seen her since. I cannot forget her loveliness. I discovered that yesterday about one of our girls. And I'm going to meet her off the plane tomorrow night, and I shall enjoy telling her that story or showing her. She won't believe it. <clears throat> May I suggest to you that on that pink slip, we now think of one person that you wouldn't normally gravitate towards. Somebody may feels unloved or unlovely, and that you would under God choose to be a bridge of his love to that person in a natural way. You may not feel ready to do that now, but can I ask you over the next 24 hours, so if I give you longer, you're off the hook. So think about somebody you wouldn't nat naturally gravitate towards, that you know God would nudge you towards showing his love. Pray about that person, about being a bridge of his love to that person in a natural way. Maybe somebody at work, maybe somebody in your, you know, in your situation. It could be a note, a call, a text, uh, a card. 
We're all called, ladies. There's so much you probably feel you can't do, but let me say you can be an encourager. You can be an encourager. You can be that person uh, who, I, I always say, words that encourage are prompted by love, chosen with care, and spoken with tenderness. Words that encourage are prompted by love, chosen with care, and spoken with tenderness. Jesus went on, you see, from that point of relationship to talking to this woman about living water. He'd established the contact, he put, put her at ease, and then he started to talk to her about peace and purpose, forgiveness and acceptance, assurance, something that would satisfy the deepest longings of her heart. <clears throat> he offered her that gift. He realized she was questioning and that there were real issues going on in her life. But only after he'd taken time to build trust, build relationship, did he feel he had the right, after showing her that respect, to offer her something meaningful. She responded to Jesus, and she received forgiveness. I imagine this woman found faith, freedom, and forgiveness she had never known before, a whole new purpose for her life. She felt cared for as a person. This is the work of God's Holy Spirit. We need to discern the right time in the real, and the real need in the situation, how we need to pray for this. Because, ladies, it's only through the power of God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, that hearts and minds will open to the need of his grace, as Claire was sharing last night. This woman had hit hard times and had deep personal needs. And just as we uh, draw this afternoon to a close, I just want to encourage you that maybe your life has hit hard times. You could be that person today that needs somebody else to reach out to you in a loving, gentle, encouraging way. Life is tough at times. There are difficulties. There is suffering. There are challenges. There are disappointments. I've had a lot of them. There are times when we wonder, who can we trust? Where can I turn? It's as we're open to God's Holy Spirit that the truth of his word can come and set us free and bring change and comfort and peace and purpose. In John 8:32, it's the truth that will set us free. It is God's truth which will set us free. Perhaps God has challenged you today, spoken into your life to something you've heard this week, and it's just reaching up to Jesus. Whatever your situation is, you have your story. It is personal to you. But he knows your true worth and value. He knows what your deepest needs are and what needs to be faced in your lives. Is there something you need to bring to him, confess to him, open up to him with, like this lady? Where is your dependency? Is your security in God, in the Lord Jesus Christ? Selwyn Hughes used to say, before you know who you are, you really need to know whose you are. Are we in a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Mother Teresa wrote, and I love it, by blood I'm all Albanian. My citizenship is Indian. I am a Catholic nun. As to my calling, I belong to the whole world. But as to my heart, it belongs entirely to Jesus. I love that. What a clear sense of security despite her human frailty and her sense of her limitations. She was secure in her true identity in belonging to Jesus. 
And as this woman at the well reached up to Jesus and her life was transformed, you know what happened? She became a witness. And that's what Claire was saying last night, and I'm sure what Kim's experiencing. It's not about us being the answer to everybody's needs. It's about sharing the love of Jesus. And as somebody has said to, uh, uh, to me recently that I thought was beautiful, there's a beauty hidden in your heart the word world desperately needs. There's a beauty hidden in your heart that the world desperately needs. That woman, Jesus saw the potential in her life. And as she began to realize who he really was, she left her water jar, ran to the town and shouted, Come, see a man who told me everything I did. She was excited about her encounter with Jesus. She couldn't hold it. She had to share it. And about the living water that he had uh, shared with her and, and introduced her to. Ladies, let's recognize Jesus in so many situations in our lives. Let's expect him to work in and through us. Don't please leave here today thinking, it couldn't be me. He just wants our obedience, our willingness. Not, he thankfully, mercifully doesn't wait till we've got it all together to use us. He'd never, we'd never be ready. He wants us to come as we are, frail, human, weak, but depending and trusting on him and allowing him to work in and through us. I love the verse in Matthew 5 and the Beatitudes in the message version who says, you are blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you're the proud owners of everything that cannot be bought, that rooted relationship with the Lord Jesus, which gives us a desire to reach out to others and as um, Helen Rosevier, I gather, shared the other night, when the relationship is right, the compassion follows. When the relationship is right, the compassion follows. So, ladies, as we think about mission, whether it's across the street, across the world, wherever God has placed us, let's just come back into a place of openness, willingness, a desire to be obedient. As my beautiful mum who would not have thought of herself as a great witness for the Lord. And I just see now meeting so many people who are telling me of how her life touched theirs. Let's be in a place of obedience, willingness, and remembering that there's a beauty in our hearts that the world desperately needs when the love and the life of Jesus Christ is there. He wants our true worship, our whole devotion, And we can only really do this meaningfully when we've been open to Jesus, reached up and received his grace, and then depend on the power of his Holy Spirit to bring that healing and that life. When uh, my brother was giving a tribute to my mother, he finished by saying these words at her Thanksgiving service. Next to the might of God... The serene beauty of a holy life is the most powerful influence for good in all the world. D.L. Moody said that. Next to the might of God, the serene beauty of a holy life is the most powerful influence for good in all the world. Don't underestimate what God can do through your life if you're willing to obey and step out and drink of that living water and allow him the God of surprises, to surprise you with what he's going to do. Could we just stand, please?
Heavenly Father, as we stand, we stand before you, and we thank you that it was your grace that reached to us and invited us to drink of the living water. Thank you, Lord God, for those who were an inspiration in our lives and helped to introduce us to you, the living water, and then helped us to drink of that living water, and then are helping us to grow in that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and in relationship with you. And Father, for this day, we just come as we are. You know us better than we know ourselves. You understand us better than we understand ourselves. But thank you, Lord, that your call is upon each woman here today just to drink of that living water and to step out in faith and obedience to reach across to be those who share your love, whether it's across the street or across the world, wherever you've placed us, Lord, help us to be women who inspire others for God and for good, that your kingdom might grow and that Jesus Christ would be lifted up and others would be drawn unto you. We pray this in faith, in and through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.